Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. Kevin Williams wants you to know that Montana doesn't exist. He further states that Montana lives up to the hype if it were to exist, and if it did, a bear would eat you if you were to go there. Kevin lives in Montana and works for Fish Brain. He spends the warm months fishing dry flies to rise in trout and taking beautiful photographs. I've hesitated to use Fish Brain until I spoke with Kevin. I asked him about the app, its features, spot burning, user interactions, and more. Yesterday, we drove through Manassas Battlefield and I was curious if fish lived in the spring creeks cutting through the historic fields. So I checked the fish brain app and sure enough, people have already fished there and posted the species. I can see what's there. They did the grunt work for me. If you aren't using the app, maybe Kevin will convince you to check it out. We're introduced to the new term, adult onset angler in this episode. We learn why you should avoid mountain goats in Washington State and the dangers of living with someone that has access to dodgeballs. You can look for me on Fish Brain and you can follow Kevin on social media and see all of his beautiful pictures. Now, we are going to go to cold Montana. Let's introduce yourself and uh, where are you? How do you pronounce your name? And uh, yeah. go from there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Kevin with... Uh with fish brain uh cavin like you know the act of a cow having a calf cavin it's a country boy joke there um, are you a country boy I, i've pretty much grown up pretty rural my whole life i'm from northern california but a very ag uh, ag heavy area of northern california i grew up in a town called orland and then uh, i moved to montana though about 12 years ago um chasing a girl which is a good reason to move to montana 
She's my wife now, though, so it all worked out. So I've been fishing most of my life, mainly, you know, I started in California, fishing a lot of small creeks in the Sacramento River with my dad. Started to give fly fishing a go my senior year of high school. Didn't really take. Moved to Montana. Started running around with a really bad crowd, a, a fly or die kind of crowd, you know. And then uh, I made the switch permanently. Gave away my last spinning rod a couple of years ago to my nephew. Very nice. Yeah. And who's your celebrity doppelganger? Okay, this is. A, I had my sister involved in this one. This is a deep cut. You kind of got to be a soccer fan. Okay. She sent me Erling Holland. So All right. You don't have the long hair. I don't have the long hair, but now, do you have the? I mean, last I checked, it was 16 goals for the season. Wow! Like I'm not a soccer fan at all. She just did a deep dive. So, all right. Well, she is. He, is she a, a Man City fan? No, she's just a dedicated sister, I guess, who was bored and helping me find somebody who looked like me. Yeah, a couple months ago, I would have asked if she, if she was single, but I can't do that anymore. <laughs> she's not. She's not. But right. hey, I mean, he's from Norway. I've got cousins in Norway. Maybe we're related. I don't Maybe. know. Are you yeah. getting excited for the World Cup? I actually am. Yeah, All I right. dig it. It's the really the one time a year and then. Uh, I was digging the European Cup last year too. So the couple times there, I really follow soccer. Yeah, I'm getting excited. All right. So uh, you followed Girl to Montana. What was she doing? Going to school there? Yeah, she was going to school here. Yeah, we uh, weirdly enough, we met in North Carolina working at a camp. Okay. Over the summer. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, man. Everybody needs a good story. Yeah. So Californian going to camp in North Carolina. Yeah. And then moving to Montana. And it, uh, presumably she fishes. There's plenty of pictures of her. Um, luckily, you didn't, you know, marry somebody that's unfortunately looking terrible or anything. She's yeah. Take good pictures of her. Unfortunately, she does fish. And I say unfortunately because often she outfishes me. We, it was my dream. We were in a, we went to a wedding in New Orleans and, you know, we were there like, hey, let's go red fishing. We're here. And, uh, yeah, she caught about a 10 pound redfish. I did not. Right. Well, see, I'm going to draw a, a, a diagram and this is why. So the, the Y chromosome looks like that, right? It's because yeah. it's missing the bottom part that would make it an X. Yeah. And that's where the genes for shopping, liking shoes, nagging and good fishing skills are located. That's yeah, I was about to say, apparently strip setting there, too. Yeah, we don't have that. We're the Y. So yeah, technically, we are a quarter less uh, genealogy. They, they have a quarter more genes than us. It's the patients for fishing, I believe. Yeah. Or, and, and when I would make that stuff up as a high school biology teacher, kids would actually write that down, that those were the genes missing from that part. <laughs> of the, the stuff I make I, up, you believe, but the actual stuff you think is fake? <laughs> i believe it man i okay. believe it from experience yeah yeah i was fishing steelhead fishing with a woman yesterday morning but yeah she didn't hook anything i know she was upstream for me but yeah it was, it's rare to just see like a woman out steelheading by herself yeah very uh, well very yeah, rare. Up, up new york all right let's get back on track so you grew up you started fly fishing around end of high school 
but I got my first fly rod at the end of high school. So about 2004. And then, uh, you know, but then I neglected it for a long time, gave up, moved to Montana in winter of 2011. And that summer picked it back up with a, with a fury. What was it about the Montana fishing scene that got you excited to start fishing with the fury? So it was definitely one of my, my friends and my fly mentors. He's one of the best fly fishermen I've ever met in my life. He could catch, he could catch a whale out of a bucket of water with a fly. I think it was the dry, the dry flies, the dry fly hatches. Like, you know, we went fishing on an unnamed river that will never be named up here. And the caddis fly hatch was just the most insane thing I've ever seen. It was, there were so many flies. I had my windows down in my car. And the next day I turned on the, my heat going to work and all my vents just puked up caddis flies in my face, dead wow. caddis flies. There was that many. So I think it's the dry fly hatches uh, for sure. And then, you know, we, we can actually get into some great streamer fishing up here as well with, uh, we've got some, you know, they're all invasive, but you got some great smallmouth fisheries around here. You got some awesome pike fishing around here. So do they want you to kill those invasive fish? The it's pretty liberal keep uh, regulations on the smallmouth for sure, and the the pike as well. But nobody wants to eat big pike. You know, it's Montana. We've got some issues right. with mine tailings in the water. So and the brown trout don't belong there anyway, too. So also true. Yeah, <laughs> or the lake trout. Right, bucket yeah. biologists. You should see the stuff swimming in the streams and, and rivers here. It's like, yeah. What, what do you got? Everything from native striped bass to wild goldfish that are this huge 20-inch <laughs> goldfish in the Potomac. You can see a tilapia. You can see snakehead. You can see a native sturgeon. It's a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Nice. I Side note, I was just interviewing uh, somebody from Extreme Kayak Fishing Tournament, and he said they've got red-tailed catfish in Florida now, like the kind Those you find Amazonian ones. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I found a, I found a lake. They're in there. I caught one. I like, whoa. Yeah, there's so many cool fish. I want to go to Florida to catch. Yeah, this is pretty wild. Very. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to find a, a catfish lake, is there like? Because we could jump into this. Is there like an app that's out there where someone could go find a, a, a catfish or a, another invasive species lake out there or a brown trout fishery in Montana? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. So I work, I'm the content producer for the Fish Brain app, and it's very handy for finding specific bodies of waters with fish you're looking for. You can go into our map and you can filter people. You know, some people choose to post their catches on certain bodies of water, you don't have to. Some people choose to. You can filter all those catches by the specific species. So if I'm looking for something specific, I'm looking for a body of water that has browns or you know cutthroats, I filter my searches. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, the Beaverhead River, classic brown trout fishery. Only thing you're gonna see on there are browns. You know That really helps somebody fishing in a new area find the species they're specifically looking for and they can put size down there also so if you're looking for a fishery that has particularly big browns you know you start looking through some of those catches in there 
and find, uh, you know, your sizable fish versus, you know, the rivers, the creeks around me, you're not catching anything of size. Okay. How did fish brain start? Was that just somebody sitting in a bar one day talking about where they caught their fish? And then we're like, you know what, we need to start mapping this and people start sharing. So I believe it started actually as a forum, an online forum sharing information like that. And this, this great, brilliant guy, this Swedish gentleman named Johan Atby, the Swedes love fishing, love to eat fish. He was actually in the States at the time. And I believe he, he knew about this forum and he was like, man, this would make a great app if you could take this data, put it in an application and help people find fishing spots. I mean, that's what it all started as. Like, there's millions of bodies of waters around us, and your average new angler doesn't exactly know where to look. Um, mentors aren't always uh, as available as they used to be, especially if you're like an adult onset angler. And he comp started compiling that information in app form to help people find fishing spots, and then added new features like help you monitor the weather you know, uh, aggregating best tackle used. So if you don't know what to throw, because that's the next thing, right? If you're a new new angler and then some more features are started compiling in and it's not just for the new angler anymore. It's pretty awesome. And that was about 2013, I think it 2014, somewhere around there. Were you using that in Montana? I do use it in Montana. Yeah, um, I wasn't using it for... Uh, at the beginning, you know, um, I started using it ooh, three, four years ago. I've been with the company for a year and a half now. Yeah, it's fun to look at some of the more specific areas that I like to fish. You know, if you're trying to get off the main drag uh, rivers that get pounded around here. Now, what about the one thing that people always say that people are spot burning with fish brain? Yeah, it's it's a fine line to walk for sure. Uh, I think the most important part of it is you don't have to post. And some people do choose to post. And I'm sympathetic, man. I get it. I get it. You don't always want your spots to blow up or anything like that. But I think it's really important to, to think of the next generation. Like, we want to keep fishing going. There's a lot of barriers now. Uh, a lot of those barriers or a lot of the access that, like I said before, that people had mentors who'd already know about spots, they're not as prevalent anymore. So I think it's a double-edged sword. I personally, uh, if it's a secret spot, I don't put my location on there. I keep it private. If it's the Bitterroot River here, the third most fished river in the state, I don't really mind. Everybody and their mother knows that river and 300 boats go down every one section every day in the summer do you ever post something or do people post as they're trying to like cause a diversion like you're you tell them you caught a fish over here but you're really fishing over here and then the parking lot over there is filled the next day while your parking lot is empty i've never done that <laughs> I, i've never seen it done either but it's maybe that's a, maybe that's a strategy yeah, yeah. like and there was free beer in the parking lot you wouldn't believe it. Like, that was crazy, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a picture of free beer on the river, post it on the 
the main drag of the Bitterroot next <laughs> next summer. Yeah. So are there ever like awards for users on there, like biggest fish, best fish to people? How, like, how does it all work? I, I don't, people always ask, like, do I use the apps? Do I watch people on YouTube? I don't really, I don't read blogs. I, I'm kind of, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I don't really follow a whole lot of online fishing things. I kind of follow the weather and seasons to know what's happening. Maybe just because of where I am in my fishing career. But uh, like, like, what is the app going to do for somebody? Like, if I jump on it now, like, what are the resources that I'm going to gain? So there are some fun things like awards and there's leaderboards as far as specific species go and stuff like that, size and most caught. And it, it tracks your, so what I think is cool is it tracks your personal stats. You know, a lot of guys keep logbooks of their, you know, paper and pen logbooks of their catches and trying to learn from them. And I think that's awesome. And we, we actually log all that information for you and bring it up pretty easily. So you can think, oh, I was on the, you know, I was on the Blackfoot River. I was slamming cutthroats. What were the conditions where I was slamming them? You can go back and look up those weather patterns and stuff like that, which I think is really awesome. Uh, one of the best functions that I get use out of the app now is when I travel. I have my in-laws live north of Seattle at the conjunction of, I think it's three or four of the most, some of the most famous steelhead rivers in the U.S. You know, steelhead on the West Coast isn't what it used to be, but um, there are no fly shops over there where they live. So when I'm looking for a body of water, catches, dates that are being caught, are there recent catches? I'm trying to figure out where the fish are in their journey up river. Boom. I go to the app. I start looking at people's catches. Uh, how, how long ago was this catch? What are you swinging? You know, like, Oh, okay. A lot of, a lot of black and purple leech patterns or something like that going on right now. If, if they, they post it, I've even reached out to a, a couple users. Uh, I messaged them and be like, Hey, I'm new to the area. Uh, I'm just visiting. I'm not looking for your secret spot. I was just wondering if you knew like a, a public access spot where I could get on the the steely or the sock. Yeah, that's that's one of my biggest like biggest uses of the app. Easily, am I missing out on booking clients by not using Fishbrain? If I were to be posting, would people be seeing that and then contacting me to go out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we get a lot of a. Uh, a lot of outfits and companies like that, they'll they'll create an account and they're posting their caches and stuff like that. I know what I'm doing after this. <laughs> and I talked to what are you guys catching over there right now? So right now is first rain, so striped bass should be awesome this weekend. And the, the kind of normal warm water stuff is tapering off for the year, largemouth, smallmouth you can still catch. Waters are pretty tannic because all the leaves are running into it right now. So I mostly just fish the sewage outflow. Hot water comes out of a treatment plant. The water's clear and warm and you can see everything versus trying to fish water that looks like chocolate milk and not even knowing what if there's fish down there. But yeah, it's, it's stripers. It's not really a winter fishery. You can drive a couple hours and go do some trout fishing, but I stick around cool. here. Yeah. And then you're hunkering down for the winter. Are you going to fish tailwaters and midges? I will do that. I will do that. I will get nice and bored uh, about 
January. January is a weird month. We don't get a lot of snow. It usually stays cold, but don't get a lot of snow. So it's kind of fun to go out and try and, you know, zebra midge something up. Right. Or use the old San Juan. Where are you in Montana? Did we skip that part? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I live on the Bitterroot River, which is I live about 25 miles south of Missoula in the Bitterroot Valley. A little town called Stevensville, Montana's first town. Really? Yeah. All right. What is your town known for? (laughs) Being way too close to the set of Yellowstone. Really? So I don't watch that just because it's just going to make me jealous. I like the scenery and everything. Yeah, they film it just, uh, I don't know, 20 miles south of me. Yeah, if you watch Virgin River, then you're going to want to go steelhead fishing. Not that I may or may already have watched that show. But we we legitimately are Montana's first town. Cool. Yeah, Stevensville. Very small. Probably famous for the Bitterroot River. Who's that one local in town that everybody knows? Online, they're known as a horseback Jesus. Is there's like the character in town that everyone knows? Yeah, I'd say uh, up until recently, it was the the guy who owned the brewery. Even if you don't know his name, you you know him by sight. Is he no longer with us? He's just sold. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all. No, he's still there. He's still there all the time. (laughs) Got me nervous then. Yeah, no. To send some flowers out there. (laughs) <laughs> okay. No, Blacksmith Brewery is still hopping. So, so if you're not going to fish the Bitterroot, what's your other, like if that's the crowded place? And I know you've got pre and, and post COVID. So, uh, where are you going? I mean, I'm assuming you just drive 20 extra minutes and you could probably find an absolutely untouched place to fish. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a big, it's my background is when I was growing up, I'm a big small Creek guy. I love fishing the small creeks. We've got just uh, about a hundred of them that run right out of the Bitterroot mountains, pick a trailhead, start going up, catch 25 fish in an hour, you know, little 12 inches, but it's fun on light, light stuff, all dries. And no uh, one's up there. It's all to yourself. A lot of the times. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I'll, I will divulge my favorite river. It's the North Fork of the Blackfoot River, which is about an hour and a half from here. So it's a day trip. You got to hike into the wilderness. You get to a point where uh, it's only foot or horse travel. No bikes are allowed or anything like that. I mean, that's an adventure. What animals are going to eat you when you go there? Grizzly bears are. Good question. Wow. Many of them. So you walk with somebody smaller than you that you can just hobble, as the joke says. Slower. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to outrun the bears, just the people you're with. Yeah, a lot of guys carry just like a 22 pistol, shoot their friend in the leg. Right. Yeah, that's a good strategy. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever come across one? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a few. Uh, most of the time, it's a very uh, amicable relationship. You see me, I see you. Please go that way. I will go this way. But I've had some close encounters uh, that are not as fun also Popping is that up something on a, you can post on fish brain like uh there are bears heads up absolutely i would make a post if i ran into a grizzly bear on the north fork i would definitely make a post that was like hey heads up everybody like anybody coming to fish here there there's a bear walking around the trail it's been hanging out I've talked to an outfitter it's been 
getting a little too cozy and not going anywhere. What are some other cool animals you might encounter that people in say Finland wouldn't know about? Are you high enough for pikas and marmots? Yeah. Yeah. I just took a picture of a pika the other day, actually. I haven't seen one of those since I was a little kid. Yeah. We get pikas and marmots. Um, there's, uh, again, I'm, I'm not at liberty to express the exact area of uh, fishing, but there's a, definitely an area where you're, you'll be fishing these beautiful creeks with 14-inch fish in them. And you look up high enough, there's mountain goats hanging out on the rocks above you. Wow. I've never yeah. seen a wild mountain goat. Some places, they're just everywhere. Yeah, I've seen bighorn sheep. Also cool. Yeah, I've seen those on the, the Taylor in Colorado. Okay. And then they come out and they like lick up the salt on the roads in Colorado too, which was just weird. Yeah, the the mountain goats will actually, it, you get this advice when you go to Glacier National Park, if you're going to go hiking. Um, the mountain goats, you got to watch out for them because they'll lick up your pee. Yeah, so there's a problem with that. They're introduced somewhere in in Washington and they're, they're eating they're like going after pee there's like signs don't pee on the the trail because the mountain goats are going to eat it yeah that's olympic national park yeah they have that in the olympic range that's who knew yeah, yeah. uh well, we were backpacking through glacier one time a few years back and one of our friends went up to you know answer the call and they just come running back afterwards because a mountain goat was all in on that wow and just rushing into the situation if you will yeah, that's something I've never, I've seen cows licking cars in Pennsylvania. You go back to your, you know, back in the day, fish falling springs and you'd go back and there'd be just cows just licking your car in the winter. And leave you just all that song off. Prints. Oh, it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you go fishing somewhere near closer to Yellowstone National Park, uh, the Gallatin, the Madison Rivers, you, you see a lot of elk down in those areas, which is pretty always fun to see elk yellowstone obviously the gardener area there's you're always going to see bison within the park gotta watch out fair amount of wolves running around i've only ever seen one though and your other thing is photography so do you always have a camera with you besides your iphone yeah yeah i usually carry my my camera with me i shoot a z6 mirrorless camera um, love to take pictures of my wife while fishing. Absolutely fell in love with fly fishing photography specifically like a number of years ago. And then do you just, I just post straight from my camera. Do you have software where you touch things up and make them pretty before you like Instagram them? Yeah. I mean, I touch them up a little bit in Lightroom beforehand. Okay. Yeah. And is she okay yeah. with you being her paparazzi when she's fishing? Yeah. Yeah, she's all about it. Mainly because she gets to show off more fish, but yeah, there's hardly ever pictures of me fishing. No pictures. People believe pictures. I don't fish. Yeah. What are some of the unexpected things you've been able to capture with your camera? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Um, just, I think it's just about like. You know, you're not expecting the light to be a certain way coming through. Like you're, you're fishing the creeks, the lights coming through the canopy a certain way. And you just see that and you're just absolutely 
you're like, oh, oh my God, I got to take that picture. That's just awesome. Um, you know, I've taken a lot of pictures of, uh, like some, some other friends who were spinning fishermen and stuff like that out on the, out on the salt water, which is pretty awesome. I mean, you just get those clouds that roll in over the salt water that just kind of blow your mind. Yeah. I think it's just each like scenario specifically, um, you never know when you're going to get like a good hook set or something like that, you know? And I think that's just moments. It's the unexpected thing. You go out to shoot moments. Like I don't really have ever anything specifically I want to shoot necessarily unless it's for work. But, uh, you know, I caught the hook set. My wife caught her biggest Brown and just completely random. I was just shooting her. The light was pretty and I caught the hook set and the whole fight. And she turned and gave me this, as soon as she saw the fish, she I got the photo. She turned and gave me this look that was just, oh, my God, it's the biggest fish I've ever, you know, that's like the look says a million words about the fish. Are we going to see and it on barely, Instagram? Barely fit in the net. Is that going to be on Instagram? I think it is on Instagram. Yeah. I and think it does, is. On my does the just big sky scenery of Montana just allow itself to just, you just happen to be in a place where photography is just made to happen yeah i mean there's certain places that it pays to know how to work your camera but you you try and take a bad photo one year we we backpacked into it's the most remote river in the state it's the south fork of the flathead river um, it took us two days of backpacking to get to it and I mean, we fished a lake right before that, that was on the edge and man, try to take a bad picture of the Bob Marshall wilderness. I read about the Bob and the floats you can do through there. Is that the one that you have to get on the list? It takes like two years. No, that one's still open. Like okay. anybody can get in and float that right now. They're, they're talking about maybe putting in a lottery system though, because it is starting to get crowded with the advent of pack rafts, which kind of open things up to the average person, which is good, but it comes at a cost as well. I took my raft down the Salmon River in New York on Monday, just took it out of the back of the car, just inflated it, and I was off. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculously convenient to be able to do that. It fits in a backpack, the Watermaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So with the South Fork, though, if you're going to raft, you have to hire horses to pack your raft into the put-in oh. spot. And that takes a day or two. Yeah, you could use a pony to take my boat. It's that small. <laughs> now people have pack rafts, which are uh, little personal inflatable rafts that you just carry deflated on your back so they That's can a, just hike in and pop in. It's I perfect. Know. Yeah. yeah. I, the amount of places I should be taking that, it's crazy. And I just, I'm just doing it with other things. Come out to Montana. Yeah. So where you are, is that where she went to school or how did you decide to end up there? Did you look on Fishbrain for like the biggest fishing spot in Montana where it wasn't too crowded? No, she was going to she was going to school at the University of Montana. So I followed her to Missoula and then I ended up my mother-in-law informed future mother-in-law at the time informed me that if I was to continue to court her daughter, I would also be going back to college at the All University right. of Montana. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Joined up. With How's your football team doing this year? Uh, they're 
started to come back. They hit a skid, man. The Grizz were the Grizz were ranked pretty high, and then they hit a three game skid. I so, hope the uh, hope the Wendy's in Missoula got their frosty machine working again. When I drove by there in 1996, it wasn't working. Oh, I'll check in. Yeah, I was. It was pretty pretty heartbroken. I was really craving one, and now they're gonna have mint peppermint frosties for the holidays this year. So let's hope that one in Missoula is finally working. If it's not, uh, you should just go to Big Dipper ice cream instead. That's out there. I mean, you should do that anyways. I don't know about this Big Dipper. I'm gonna have to put that on the list. The person that keeps track of all the eating establishments for the podcast will will put that in the list. <laughs> we just got a Missoula just got a, a Chick Fil A this week. That's a lot of traffic coming out of that place. There's a hundred cars in line, and there were police directing traffic. Yeah, it's crazy what that'll do to an intersection. They put one in, and it's like there's three lanes of traffic going in, and the whole rest of the road is backed up. <laughs> Pretty wild. Like, Sunday is the only day you can drive through there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was blown away. I saw the line yesterday. I drove by it. Yeah, I, I've only been there a couple times. Chicken sandwich is not my go-to. I'm going, everyone knows, I'm going to Taco Bell. And then, of course, Wawa. There's no Wawa out near you, unfortunately. No, there's not. But I know of the legends of the Wawa. Yeah, if you come out east, we'll take your shad fishing and then go to Wawa. Oh, uh, that's that's on the list. I caught a lot of shad as a kid on the Sacramento River, but never yeah. on the fly. It's one of Always. the easiest fish to catch, and they're all big and strong. It's a blast. The poor man's tarpon. Yeah, and you just have the yeah. American shot out there. We've got hickories, too, and those oh. things flip and flop everywhere. They're smaller. They don't get as, as wide, but, I mean, they they just go airborne. But yeah, I'm sure fish brain during the shad run is probably just pinging everywhere because it's the most busy time for the anglers out here in the D.C. area. Yeah. It's when you call in sick from work, leave early, show up late everyone's out yeah man i haven't caught a shad in a long time I don't, I don't go back to cali too often so yeah what does a montana resident want to do when they go on vacation where do you, where do they aspire to go i always see you know lots of mexico and belize what about yourself where are you gonna go? Do you have salt in your veins you gotta go to the midwest salt man we just i was talking to my coworker buddy of mine who lives just down the road from me and it's, he's saying it's so funny because these guys will be like people in texas who dream of trout fishing the mountain streams of montana and then all of us montanans we just sit here and dream about fishing salt water i mean if i could just sit and watch trout just eat bugs i don't have to cast to them i just want to see trout eating flies i got salt water 20 minutes from here but Trout's a whole nother thing. That's further off, and I just I don't get to do that. Yeah, it's um, so my fishing club. Our motto is "Fish where you are, not where you want to be." Like our fishing's awesome here and appreciate it. I and mean, we all want to fish somewhere else that's exotic, but fishing in DC is pretty awesome. That's funny how everyone there wants to go to fish salt. We do. I mean, we fish our waters a lot and then winter hits and you just adult. What are you going to do for the next three months? Tie flies, ski, ski. All right. 
then uh but we do have an invite we do have an invite my wife and i uh from a friend my 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 buddy and like fly mentor invited us to go to hawaii with him in february to go bone fishing so yeah and he's got it i mean i wouldn't say he's got it down but he's caught some absolute pigs over there which island uh geez i think he's going to molokai very cool yeah it looks so. like you've got a tarpon roach in your hat oh it's the local brown trout fly <laughs> this is a this is whatever will bite it i was at a i was at icast the big fishing show yep held every year in orlando i was down there this year and came upon a, some really cool guys fair flies they make all synthetic furs and they basically they make sure whoever's producing them is getting a fair a fair livable wage usually in other countries because hey there's a lot of slave labor that ties flies you know so i sat down at these guys booth and i just started talking to them they had the vices out they had all their materials out and i was just sitting there rapping with them and i thought this looked fun but i kind of put too many knots in it so i didn't trust it in the water so I stuck it in my hat but I was drawing a bath for my two-year-old a couple weeks ago, and I my curiosity got the better of me, and I plopped it in the water. It looks awesome. What's it supposed? I mean, they all look like everything. It's like brownish white bait fish. Yeah, I mean, just a like a little. You know, I was just experimenting with colors and trying to make it look pretty with them. They were they were filming me while I while I tied it too, but I was trying to make something like a a glass minnow or something like that does your wife know you were dragging hooks through the tub with the baby he wasn't in it yet and okay. yes yeah because uh there's gonna be a story hopefully coming up on the steelhead trip of a guy who really upset his wife and colin will have to tell that story um you'll have to wait for that but his three he was three months into his marriage and it almost ended crazy story <laughs> Had it didn't have to do with hooks and babies but it was pretty wild. Um, That's a good relationship. Yeah, do you get a fish with the kid on your back, on your chest, like the baby Bjorn? Oh yeah, yeah. We carry him on the back all the time. I mean, you hiked into a another wilderness river, just not too far from us down here, called the the East Fork of the Bitterroot, which is in a wilderness area, the Anaconda Pintler Wilderness. The spring had him on the back, catching you know twelve inches on dries. It's a good day. Yeah. But I've got a picture. I got a picture of my wife again, a moment that is the epitome of fishing with a two-year-old. As my wife's trying to undo a tangle, she, I mean, she just gives me another look that just expresses pure frustration and she's got the baby on her back. She's undoing a tangle and he has got her by the hair and just giving her some good pulls there. I stopped taking my daughter out because I, She'd either pull on my earring, she would pull on my hair, she would knock my sunglasses off, or just take my cowboy hat and drop it. And I'm like, you're done. It was great when she would nap. But then she got older and fidgety and just was just, yeah, she'd like fish hook my mouth, (laughs) stick her finger in my ear. I'm like, nope, you're done. Yeah, it's tough. We've had several, we've lost several hats to the river gods because the two-year-old my boy took them off her head and threw them in the water did you get free fish brain hats yeah there you go so fishing with kids 
Um, is that part of fish brain? Like, cause I always get calls. Where can I take a kid fishing? Someone's always posting on my club's forum. Where can I take a kid fishing? Are there like drop pins and can you label places where you can take little kids fishing? Yeah. If you find a spot, you can definitely drop your own waypoint to, to remember it by, you know, our map is pretty great for looking at kid friendly spots, especially in a more urban environment. If you're looking for ponds and things like that. You can look for, you know, people who are posting catches, you know, the local bluegill pond or something like that. It's pretty awesome to do that. And, you know, just that sense of community too. You can talk to people who are fishing there like, hey, is this a good spot? I got a three-year-old trying to, you know, we're trying to catch their first bluegill, send messages to people. The community aspect is really helpful for that. When a woman posts, do they have all sorts of creepy dudes commenting like just internet dudes do? being gross i don't see it we try to keep a really safe environment and not to mention like i can't say it doesn't happen it's social media in one sense right one sense of the app is social media but we have an awesome community that looks out for each other's as i believe most anglers do in that sense you know so we keep that stuff to a minimum, but if any, but we also have a great community who also helps police each other and look out for each other. Do you have like the number one most fish spot in the country? Ooh. Is there like, can you consolidate? They say Burke Lake down the street is the most congested fishing spot in all of Virginia. It has the most fishing pressure anywhere. That's a good question. I bet we we have the data from our users to say which body of water gets the most, gets fished the most or something like that. Like my kid watches this woman on YouTube and she was going around to Vegas and she was going to the least, the lowest reviewed all-you-can-eat buffets and <laughs> doing a live blog from there. And it was disgusting. Even you're a professional YouTuber with 60 million views each, you can pay to get good uh, health coverage if you get food poisoning. But I got to imagine that there's got to be like the worst place, worst rated place to fish somewhere on there. As well as the best place. We are looking at, uh, there's a lot of talks into um, further development of like doing some sort of a shade to get um some places marked as you know heavy pressure spot less pressure you know something like that like but right red, now you yellow like, like traffic yeah you can look at just how many catches come from a single spot in an area too and that's double-edged sword like so are there is it it's not going to be good fishing because there's a lot of people or is it going to be good fishing because a lot of people are catching fish have there been any matches made are there any fish brain babies Ooh, I'm sure there are. There are. Well, I can't say for babies, but we did. Um, we were talking about we had a a, a user call and they did meet their wife. Yeah. See, all right. Then yeah, not exactly Tinder, but you know, at least you know who you're talking to likes to fish. Right. I'm sure they hooked up. Whoa. He was a keeper. I mean, I could go for 
hours with that. Yeah, I mean, real like, catch. This yeah, one, Guy Fieri dad jokes. <laughs> and then when you tell people you work for Fishbrain, are they just like, dude, that's it's pretty awesome. You got a job in the fishing industry where you're doing fishing stuff. Yeah, man. Like some, my wife is a teacher, so she actually um, gives me a lot of grief about it all the time. She's like, oh, well, you're going to go out and take, you're going to go fishing and take some photos and that's your job. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Does she ever correct her stuff with a red pen? Grocery lists? If you misspell something, she has like a red pen and crosses it out. No way. No way. I'm a journalism major. She's a health and PE teacher. Oh. I correct her stuff. She blow the whistle at you? Bench you? She'd try. I'm not going to ask about shirts and skins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and is this your first there are job? a lot of dodgeballs thrown within the house. There's very, very random times. Yeah. So there's an orange foam golf ball in my house. And anytime I see it, I just peg my kid with it. <laughs> and then she throws, she can't aim. So she misses me. And it just, you just see it. It's, it's been over here for a while. Yeah. That thing will start flying. There's completely random times within the house. You'll be walking, you'll get hit with a dodgeball. And then my wife will be like, you're out. <laughs> like, wow. What about a wrench? I, she's never done it, but, but judging on my ability to dodge her dodgeballs, I do not think I can dodge a wrench. That's funny. Uh, so was this your first job in the industry? Did you go right from journalism into fish brain? No, I actually worked for a hunting map before company before that in Missoula Onyx. All right. Yeah. So. I do have a pretty good background in, uh, you know, outdoor app companies. So fantastic. Yeah. Did we mention your, your, uh, mentor earlier? Did you mention, drop that person's name? Do they have, is, are they mysterious? He is mysterious. Okay. He's not really on a social media guy. His name's Dean tower, Nikki. He's from Pennsylvania. You'd never, you'd never know what the way he, he fishes in Montana though. What's his age range. He was president when he was born. Mm, man, I think he's uh, Reagan. Right. All right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just a little older than me. Okay. Yeah. Right on. He's got. Yeah. I mean, he's got the kiddo now, and he's got the kiddo in his John boat with him, catching just catching monster pike that are bigger than his kid. You put both your kids in the live well, and then you can go out on the boat and be fine. It's yeah. You put the floaties on them; they're good. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Eastbound and Down? <laughs> Yeah. He like gave the kid a head of lettuce and then put him in a hole in the sand, <laughs> put a towel over him. They went boogie boarding. <laughs> this is modern parenting, right there, man. Hey, that kid's fine. I gave him food. Just <laughs> uh, so you also do some hunting out there. Oh yeah, you do cast and blast, or do, is it one thing at a time? Uh. Okay, well, the temperature just dropped significantly, but cast and blast was definitely an option there for a while. Done it before. You go out to, to do the duck hunt and the pike, uh, the pike fishing. Pretty awesome. Pretty fun. Can you shoot a pike? Because I know in Vermont, I don't know if you still can, but you used to be able to shoot 
from tree stands into the lakes. Yeah, it's Montana, man. There's not a lot we can't shoot here. And so I, sometimes I think it's illegal to not shoot something here. Yeah, that's probably why they don't want me to visit. I only have a pellet gun. <laughs> you get you get a gun when you cross the state border. Yeah, and now I've got a neighbor, so I can't really shoot. I, we used to shoot the Red Rider out there, but now it's gonna. He might see. I don't want to upset Carl Malone. But he's got. You could probably see this bright white fence right there. You're living next to the mailman. No, I just call him the mailman. <laughs> he he works for the postal service. <laughs> it should have been Cliff Clavin, but. Carl Malone came out first. Fair. That's fair enough. I'd rather be called Carl Malone than Cliff Clavin. Yeah. yeah. There was no one there for, for like five years. So I had no issues with a Red Rider BB ricocheting into the brush in their yard. But now it's Even all been cut down. Shooting your eye out. What's that? Even at the risk of shooting your eye out? Yeah. I think I gave that Red Rider to one of the neighborhood kids. I don't even know where the Red Rider. Uh, modern, yeah. modern parenting. Yeah. Modern. Who knows? So I got some other Montana questions for you. Bring um, it on, man. We talked about Let's the caddis. So, like, what is your ultimate hatch? And and you have you noticed they're changing seasonally too? Like two yeah, weeks early, two weeks late. Um, I haven't noticed any like big hatches that are off or anything. Our biggest. You know, that that caddisfly hatch on that unnamed river is pretty huge. But like the most famous hatch, I would almost say, is the Rock Creek uh, salmon fly hatch. It's insanity. And, I mean, you're catching 14-inch fish that are literally puking up salmon flies when you br bring them in your hand. How can they even find your artificial amongst all of those? Just They're just gorging. They just it's like an all-out feeding frenzy. Eat everything. I haven't done it in a few years, but it's it's pretty fun. Like it's great. That's like you got the salmon fly hatch there. You've got the Chick Fil A hatch in town. Yeah, yeah. You start start working up a chicken sandwich fly. Yeah. What's your? I'm guessing nine foot five weight, real gold, five X tippet standard up there. Pretty standard. I got my my Echo base is my go to rod for most things up here. Uh, I just got a seven weight that I was using for a small mouth, which was pretty fun. And the eight weight is for the pike and the lake trout. You got a lot to keep you busy. What yeah, is your nicely seasonal too? Yeah. So what's your favorite stonefly dry for Montana? God, I don't know. I got really bad luck. Like I like yellow sallies enough. They do the trick. Um, I don't have like a particular stonefly that does well for me. We get a lot of, um, oh, what's the early or the late spring, early, early May. Um, uh, the squala hatch is pretty good. And I, but I don't have like a, I'm don't have like a pattern for stones that I'm particularly good at catching or, or, uh, tying or catching fish with. Okay. I prefer, like, my box is more filled with caddis and mayflies. Right, well, you're jumping ahead in a second. What oh. about if you have a stonefly nymph? Pat's rubber leg? Yeah, I mean, is there anything better than a pat's rubber leg? I, I, 
I want to catch a steelhead on one, and it has not happened. I was trying to catch. I was using a giant Pat's rubber leg um, from a from a shop I bought. I bought it in Oregon, and I was trying to catch just a massive cutthroat um, up on the one of the rivers I fish. I could see it. How big is massive? Like size I mean, two? Like yeah. Why? Weighted. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Crikey. All right. What's your favorite caddis dry? I just like elk hair caddis. Yeah. Uh, easy to tie. Could tie a bunch of them really fast. Never had one not work. Right. Caddis wet fly? A merger? Nymph? Man, I don't... Jeez, I don't know, man. You're asking me nymph questions. Uh oh. Yeah. Might have to just ask that. I mean, no one moves to Montana for the nymph fishing. No, nymph fishing is just like, oh, I'll go. I don't want to. All right. What about mayfly? You got a favorite may- mayfly dry? I mean, it was developed in Hamilton, just like the basically the next town south of us. It's the purple haze. Purple haze. Yeah. Purple haze catches. A lot of fish. If I could ask fish questions, I'd be like, what is purple to you? Why? What do you see that we don't? I've tied them yellow, too, and they work just as well. Okay. The OG is the OG, man. Yeah, man. What about midge? You got a favorite midge dry? Dry midge? I don't fish them that often. We don't have a good... Uh, yeah, we do have midge hatches around here, but um, I don't know. What's yours? Midge, I like just a little thread midge with maybe a little piece of foam in, in the top. Just black thread. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Like two or three of those at a time in Colorado to out of tailwater. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, pretty simple. Yeah, I don't fish a, I don't fish a ton of midges up here either. Uh, August, though, we get into some really good terrestrials, dry terrestrials. So yeah, like, grass, let's go through those. Favorite grasshopper, favorite beetle, and ant? Ant, I like the flying ant. Like a flying ant. Um, I've tried multiple different patterns now, but come August, man, those things crush. Hoppers. I don't know. You got a special hopper pattern you like? I just like anything that looks buggy. Usually when like hoppers a, are going, I'll take Chernobyl, a chubby Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I tie like a little Chernobyl, like small, medium, and large for anything for trout out here like i can catch bluegill on them i can catch brook trout largemouth eat them just craft foam and rubber legs yeah i've had a lot of good luck with it, like a fat albert yeah yeah I like some foam cicadas high lakes you guys, do you ever have like a periodical yeah do you ever have a periodical cicada hatch out there you don't no no, no. it was uh like a plague out here last year like it was cool. We all couldn't wait for it. And then it was like, when is this going to end? <laughs> it was billions of them. And I didn't, I caught a bluegill on a cicada fly. 
I, I just couldn't land a fish. I don't know why. There was a there was a film in the fly fishing film tour this year that was all about going back to I think it was Maryland to Probably. fish the cicada hatch. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I missed never it. even thought about it. Yeah, cicadas, and then I tied them in green. They look like Katie dids or other. I mean, there's so many bugs that fall out of the sky, and lantern flies are going to be the new one. Yeah, there's an invasive. You're supposed to squash them. Yeah, I read about that. Mm-hmm. Kill on sight. Yeah, my producer Jason, he's got them up in the Poconos where he fishes, and then uh, another buddy, um, Dan, came by recently. He was in the neighborhood. He said he saw them all over Pennsylvania. Luckily, they're not here yet. But yeah, yeah. we'll go out and just squash them. We're supposed to just step on them or hit them with tennis rackets if you see them flying. Wow. That's crazy. I don't think we have any invasives quite that bad. Yeah, we had the stink bugs a couple years ago. Those have tapered off. But like the first year, the marmalade stink bugs, I mean, people had to vacuum them up. There are piles of them in the houses and fish don't eat them. That's wild. We do get those here. I wonder if they're invasive and I just didn't know it. Yeah, I mean, there's like normal cicadas, normal mosquitoes, but we have invasive mosquitoes. We have like normal stink bugs, normal ladybugs, blah. We also have infested, uh, non-native ones. It's like for everything that does belong, there's almost uh, an equal non-native. But yeah, there's no non-native cicadas. Maybe the Chinese mantid is not native due to its name. You ask people around here what's native and they don't know. They're like, oh, the snakeheads are going to eat all the small mouth. I'm like, oh, the small mouth don't belong. So you need all the large mouth. The large mouth don't belong here either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same here. Like, well, the the pike are eating all the rainbows and the browns. I'm like, I mean, you know, we're really only supposed to have the West Slope cutthroat around here. Right. But do you ever get north and do grayling or bull trout? Uh, so I've caught bull trout on accident, which is the only acceptable way to catch one in Montana, unless you're on that South Fork of the Flathead River, you can target them there. Um, I think a lot of us have caught them on accident. Um, I, I know some guides who every year they would, you know, just catch like a 30 inch bull that came and slammed their clients, you know, 12 inch cutthroat or rainbow or something like that. Some amazing pictures. Um, I want to go to Idaho to catch bull trout. That's on the list. Cause you can target them there. Yep. You don't have to go too far. Grayling, we have a native population of grayling, actually. Uh, if you go over to, I believe, the Ruby River, the upper Ruby River has a native population of grayling as well as the Big Hole River. I haven't caught one yet. It's on the list. I, w- I was up in the upper Ruby this uh, summer, but we had such a – got probably heard about our flooding season over here, mm-hmm. especially in that area. So. Yeah. By July 4th, the upper ruby was still blown out, so nobody was catching anything there. All right. Uh, who's got the best sandwich in your town for after a day of fishing? You need to get something to fill your belly. So my town? Or do you have a, a ton of options? Sandwiches just driving around. Dude, if you're going to get a sandwich, you're going to go to two places, in my opinion, in Missoula. So if you're fishing, you know, the famous Blackfoot, the Clark Fork, Rock Creek isn't too far by. Or the Lower Bitter, you're going to go to Warden's, which is like a deli slash liquor store. Very, very famous in Missoula terms. 
or there's another place tagliere deli they make all like italian subs yeah awesome two great places let's say you come across a big brown trout living under a stump or a cut bank how are you going to get it out (laughs) well i'm going to go through about six flies because they're all going to get tangled on that stump and all the all the stuff like that but i love for that one i've had the most success with the clouser minnow and getting it right under his face like i actually really like fishing uh, cut banks that i'm standing on the same cut bank cast far out into the stream pull out a lot of line let your fly drift all the way down until it's right up along the cut bank and then just strip it in really slow right on yeah what'd your, what'd your wife get her big brown on <laughs> a san juan just a san juan she i don't think she wasn't even using an indicator wow and was that your child yeah. shaking there i like how you put a collar on your child so you know where it is in the house it helps yeah definitely child slash black lab oh what have you. all right yeah <laughs> um what's something about montana that montanans don't want outsiders to know that it exists yeah and and is there a name for like us out-of-state people that come into montana to fish besides the gapers californians californians which stinks because i'm from admittedly i'm from california but there's a very large influx right now again colorado it was always texans so up where you are it's californians they're like oh bro let's go take the bitter route down trying to do the californians from snl let's let's uh here stewart let's let's put some uh let's refine this term of cal southern californians how's that southern and i'm from i'm from way north in california north of sacramento so southern california to me is like san francisco and down you ever fish the kern river no i never have about to upload a podcast on that as soon as we're done really you can listen to it today i would love to i'd love to hear about it What's the best bird in Montana to shoot, tie flies with, and eat? Mm, man, that's a good one. Well, it's either the ring-necked pheasant or the wild turkey. Yeah, I mean, tie some great stuff with the with wild turkey tail feathers. Obviously, the ring-necked pheasant, pheasant tail feathers, pretty much go into everything. I'm looking behind you. Are those prairie chicken ones? What are no, the these white are, barn ones? No, uh, these are these are pheasant, wild pheasant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's just the light going through them. Yeah, and are they uh, I, dead on the side of the road out there too? Like you can just go and sometimes, but some, sometimes you gotta go stomping around in the weeds to get them. Fun. Yeah. Speaking of turkeys, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side for Thanksgiving coming up this year? Ooh. okay i'm glad we're getting into the hard-hitting questions now like the real important ones <laughs> man i love this is kind of a classic one my wife despises it but i love uh brussels sprouts like a brussels sprout casserole or something like that Good stuff yeah i love it brussels sprouts and bacon go really well very well you're a man you- of culture Let's say I'm at the local airport tomorrow with my 
private jet fueled up and ready to go, where would you want me to fly you to go fishing? No, anywhere, anywhere. My, my dad, if I had my plane and I'm ready to go, I'm like pilot, take, take Kevin anywhere he wants to go. Where are we flying? Christmas, Christmas Island. Sweet. Let's go, man. Awesome. I don't think I even own a rod that could stand up to those fish, but I'd be happy to break one. Yeah. I want to see them eat birds. Yeah. I want to tie like a, 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 a floating bird fly. Yeah. That flip-flop one where they were catching Trevally was nuts. Um, <laughs> if I had a time machine, like let's say a, uh, a phone booth, where would you travel back in time to fish before humans destroyed it all? And you can't say like your local Montana. I wouldn't go that far. I would go to the Pacific Northwest, man. I would go steelhead and went like the good old days of steelhead and the good old days that we don't even know about. Thanks, Lewis and Clark. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't put anything on Sacagawea. She she was fine, but those guys. Uh, when's it okay to put a rod on your shoulder to pose for a picture? Um, uh, is it never? Is it ever not? I don't know. Never. Okay. Did not do it. No, I almost put one on. I put one. Somebody caught a steelhead the other day, and I, I had my rod. I'm like, I could easily put it over my shoulder just to get it out of the way. But I'm like, no. I don't know what I did with it. But I was like, that's not an option. Wait, wait, to take the picture? Or to be yeah, like when people pose with the rod over their shoulder. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm guilty. I do it a lot. Okay. Yeah. So a, a guide taught me to do it. The guy, the guy who took us out red fishing in Louisiana. He's like, no, no, no. You got to pose your rod like this. I'm like, great, really? man, you're the guide. I think we need to talk to that guy. <laughs> I don't want, there's too many things that can go wrong. with my, my fishing gear is not uh, something I like want to gamble with fair enough people posing on the edge of you know 50 fathoms with a tuna and some 1200 rod and 800 reel on their shoulder that fish is gonna you know jerk once and boop. so i guess i should mention that he told me to do it we were in the flats kind of shallow water there and it was his rod okay so, that's acceptable yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else about fish brain or Montana that we should know before we get going for the weekend? Man, Montana lives up to the hype, but you should also remember that it doesn't exist. And if it did, a bear would eat you if you came here. Okay. Yeah. Fish brain. Uh, definitely check it out. It's really fun. You could look up almost any species you want and find pictures of people catching it. So when I'm you know, fr freezing. I just got my house up to 60 degrees today. So, uh, dude, I would not be able to handle that. I'm so skinny. I was having trouble. It was 44 the other day on the salmon river and I could not get warm enough. <laughs> and I ate like six little Debbie's yesterday. just to like <laughs> try and stay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Little debt. What little Debbie's? So we've got, I found when I was in New York, I found snickerdoodle pies. Nice. Never seen that. And then strawberry unicorn cakes. <laughs> but I always look for the Little Debbie peanut butter cream peanut butter cookie. That's the one that uh, I can't ever find. And I'll buy like five boxes of those. Those are the best. This is an oatmeal pie household here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go wrong with those. It's a good star crunch. And then they have Little Debbie ice cream at Walmart. I haven't bought it yet. 
I've seen it. It's just calling to you. Yes. Yeah, I probably should have put on a, you know, a couple more LBs before I went fishing in the cold. But it was 71 the first day of steelhead fishing. And then when I left, it had dropped 40 degrees Oof. in like four days. But I don't know about 60. That's when like toilet water starts freezing in a house, right? You start getting frost on your outlets. Not quite. Got to get a good insulated house. But yeah, 60 in the house is pretty dang cold. You definitely, if you're going to fish this time of year, you got to learn. You got to do the va- like Vaseline or something on your, on your uh, guides. Absolutely. What about yeah. your skin? How do you protect that in the winter? Just bundled up. Lots of layers. Fingerless gloves. Yeah. Do you ever wear latex gloves in the winter? No. I no, see people I'm... do that. I might try that next time I go up to New York. Huh, I've never heard of that. So you have the dexterity, but you don't, uh, you know, when you get the cold water on your hands or something, you can still strip fly line in. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I got one day in the Pacific Northwest last year on New Year's Eve, um, trying to go steelhead. And, and I think I was dealing with like iced guides on my second cast. Yep. Yeah. That's a tough thing to deal with. <laughs> but yeah. But to go back to your original question, I, I fish brain, it's very handy for when you're fishing new water. Um, I think everyone should check it out. It's great for figuring out what baits people are using, what lures people are using. We've got a decent fly community on there too. We've got a great fly tying community on there. Um, so that's that's a fun group you can join where you just posting pictures of the flies you're tying, getting advice and stuff like that. You convinced me to join up. Awesome. Something. I like to sit at home and freeze my butt off in the winter and look at tropical catches that I don't usually dream of. I I start following pictures of bonefish of GTs. Um, We had April, April Vokey's got an account and she was like, man, she was posting pictures of timing because of course she does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Those are not in my future anytime soon. No, no, I do not have any plans to go to Mongolia lately but maybe one day i just going up to new york that's the farthest i've been in 11 months really yeah i've been sticking around here i got to go to sweden back in may and uh, pike fish out in the baltic yeah yeah Yeah. not we didn't find any of the big big swedish pike that they're known for but i think they're they might be more inland lakes they kind of get some of their pike get hammered by the seals but, wow yeah it's it was still fun man i mean baltic sea is beautiful and pike are just as aggressive over there pike getting eaten by seals is not something i had on my list of things to know about today apparently pike can live fairly well in brackish water i had no idea all right yeah. Well, very cool. Where can we find uh, Fish Brain online and where can we find pictures that you take online? Oh, yeah. You can find uh, Fish Brain on, you can follow our social accounts on Instagram, Facebook, uh, all that good stuff. We can also find Fish Brain if you're interested. You can find it in the App Store. And yeah, App Store and the Google Play Store. It's on both. And uh, check out my my fishing photography on Cavan Williams Outdoors 
on uh, on Instagram or my website, CavinWilliamsPhoto.com. Right on. I'm waiting for like a red playground ball to come flying through that door and hit you in the head. Uh, she's out of town at the moment. Okay. Yeah. She's at her folks' house. So. Very cool. Yeah, I'm but you, did, you said that and I started looking around like I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Are they fully inflated? Because they can hurt if they're not. There's one that's rolling around somewhere that's inflated, and she's pretty merciless. What's the rule about bouncies? Uh, if it bounces, you, you know you're you're fine, man. No bounces. Right. Sounds yeah. good, but dude. Her general rule of thumb is aim low. All right, man. Well, in about 20 minutes, if you need a warm up, you can uh, listen to a podcast about fishing the Kern River. Yeah, man. I've only really known of the Kern for whitewater. Or hear about it for that. But I'd love yeah. to hear about it. For sure. It's pretty cool fishing and it never gets below 38. Wow. It's like, dude, I live in the wrong place. Yeah, sometimes I think that. Yeah. All right, my man. Be good. Have a good weekend. And uh, we'll look you up when we get out there. Hey, it was anytime. All right, we man. Got, we got an army of rafts just waiting for you. Sweet. All right, hey, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. Podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.